What is up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You're listening to Lyles Movie Files. Yeah, it's snowing out here in Maryland. I'm very excited about that. I got to take out some of my figures that are snow-based, take some shoots, and hopefully we'll have them up on the website so you can check them out very soon. One of which was my Star Wars The Black Series Snowspeeder and Imperial Snow Trooper and Hoff Troopers which made me feel like I needed to buy like 10 more of both so I can have an appropriate winter theme setup. But for now, I just had a few, but it was still fun. Uh, Last night was the WWE Royal Rumble 2021. And it's so weird seeing this show that I can still very vividly remember the very first one. Much like the first WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble is, is one of the grandfather shows of the WWE. And even if everything else with the booking is just haywire and screwy, I can almost always count on being entertained to some degree with the Royal Rumble. So I was looking forward to seeing it, even though most of my WWE viewing is watching the highlights of what Roman Reigns is doing as a tribal chief and pretty much everything NXT. So this was an interesting show. I liked it overall. Uh, There were just a few issues. I think some of the booking between the two Royal Rumbles was too similar. And this kind of made me think maybe the Royal Rumble needs to be a two-night show, just like how WrestleMania is. That way we're not seeing the same kind of Royal Rumble played out twice. But yeah, it was a good show. I thought I was, I watched it super late and still managed to stay awake for the whole four hours and well, however long it was. It was long, but I was still entertained. So let's just break it down and let's let's uh, talk about it. Now, the opening match, this is one of these weird things because of all of the different championships and the two brands. So it just kind of feels like some of this isn't as important anymore. And as we lead off with the Raw world title match with Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg, it's interesting because back in the day, Winning the Royal Rumble really meant something. It meant you got a shot at the champ. Now it just means you get a shot at the champ of your choosing. And if you happen to get into a feud with the guy on the other brand, you can still, quote unquote, main event WrestleMania. I think this is this match was weird because it felt like this weird kind of thing of Goldberg passing the torch to Drew. And I just feel like as I've said this several times, the WWE did a disservice to their ruthless aggression era, guys. Not the Brocks, Cena, Batista, and Orton, but basically everyone else. These are the guys who should be trotted out every so often, and we did see one of those guys come back, and I was excited about. But these are, that's the era of Superstar that we need to see making a surprise return. It's like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Not the guys from the Monday Night Wars era. I feel like we've tried those guys out so many times that the returns have just just so drastically been diminished that it doesn't mean anything. And watching Goldberg going on a finisher spam streak, not really exciting. And it was this no-win situation for Drew. He's either going to lose to 50-something-year-old Goldberg or he's going to beat 50-something-year-old Goldberg and it doesn't do anything for him and they really tried and you know they kept it short which is smart because you don't need a 20-minute Goldberg match and 
minutes, probably about 10 minutes. Goldberg went off on Spears, Jackhammer, Spears, Spears, Spears. And McIntyre went on Claymore, Claymore, Claymore. And finally got one to get the pin. And then Goldberg was like, you passed the test. And I'm just kind of like, dude, where have you been? Drew McIntyre has been all over. He's been in WWE. Vince McMahon appointed him the chosen one years ago. He had a great return, or he had a great run in Impact, where he became the superstar that we see now. He went to NXT, did his thing there, and now he's on the main roster, quote-unquote. And there's no test for him to pass, so it's just kind of this weird, um, it's just this weird dynamic between them. Anyway, McIntyre now goes on to WrestleMania to face question mark. And, yeah, so... Like I said, it was smart to keep it short. Goldberg does his thing. I feel like he doesn't have as much snap in those spears as he did when he was fighting Gold or Brock Lesnar a few years back and Kevin Owens. But it was kind of neat seeing Goldberg just for a second. And I just wish it wasn't in a world title match. Next up was Sasha Banks, the boss, versus Carmella with Reginald. Um, this is one of those matches where... I never thought for a moment that Sasha was going to lose the title. But I thought Carmella worked really, really hard to try to come up and create a little bit of doubt. It's just one of those things where it's like, if Sasha loses, it's not going to be to Carmella here at the Royal Rumble. I'm curious who they have her go against at WrestleMania because based off of the Rumble winner, that could be really exciting. And I would love to see that as the showcase women's match for the show. But we'll get to that in a bit. Alright, but anyway. Sasha does her thing. The only weird thing with this match was Carmella's uh, manager, valet, whatever. Somalia, Reginald, being sent back to the back for catching Sasha when she got the run outside. It was weird. It was kind of this thing of, well, he really didn't do anything. Why did you need to send him to the back? But anyway, that was that. Sasha wins. The boss reigns, continues, and it's kind of weird being in this era where Sasha has a 100-day title reign. Uh, next up, we see New Day in the back, and they continue to flout the rules of this brand separation, as they always, every time there's a big show come together. That's cool if you're a New Day fan like me. I thought it was really cool that they had Brody Lee slash John Hoover uh, tights gear with his likeness on there that was cool of wwe not to try to stop that out and of course i want some wwe elite action figures of the new day with their Brody lee homage outfits on then we had bad bunny out and booker t was in camo gear i wrote my notes gi bro was watching bad bunny's back and then michael cole mentioned it so i was like ah, i can't even mention that joke now but i still did I'm not a big fan of mobile rap, um, so didn't care about this one. I just feel like that was fast forward material, and Booker T was just kind of like this, this stern expression. And he needs to change up his Just for Men to a black and gray or black and brown because it is stark black. Anyway, that was my main takeaway from that. And now it's time for the Royal Rumble, the women's match. And I loved how they broke down the statistics. That was cool. We actually got good information. It wasn't just that typical thing that Cole rattles off like he's reading off of a sheet. It felt like a video package that was, you know, I think they they always do a great job with those. 
but it felt like they incorporated the stats into it in a much better way. And with this comic book theme, it kind of appeals to me with that whole, oh, this is stats that you'd see in like a comic book uh, editor box note. So yeah, we start off with Naomi, who returns. It's always good to see Naomi. I always feel bad for her because, much like Kofi Kingston, she will always provide a cool elimination avoidance move and she'll have a nice highlight and then promptly get kicked out so starting her off in this one was a nice sign gave her a little bit more time to be there for a while and bailey with her shrieking obnoxious heel stick i i still love that she's been really good with it and so we got to see two two actual good stars beginning this match and then we got the usual kind of, alright, people in there, and it kind of keeps going. I am so confused what they're doing with Billy Kay. I don't understand what her role is. Uh, this time she started off, she watched everybody, decided she wanted no parts of actually getting into the match, and then she sat on the sides commentating and decided that her thing this time was going to be trying to recruit a partner to help her in the Rumble. And I feel like that's not a bad idea but this is when you drop that bad bunny stick or segment and you show her in the back trying to recruit somebody to help her in the rumble instead if you care that much about billy Kay. but the way this show this match was laid out it seemed like somebody actually did care about her so shotzi blackheart was our first nxt entrance and it was odd because shotzi has been on the rise in nxt they have really pushed her I felt like they didn't do anything with her in this match. She was the first one out. And I was just like, yo, Shotzi's somebody who could mean something on the main roster if she's presented right. Speaking of presentations, I was so not a fan of this video game style entrance they had. The way it was shot, it just was, it was weird. I don't know if that's what they do normally on Raw and SmackDown, but it was, it, I don't know, it made it look kind of fake. And I just felt like I was watching WWE 2K21. It was weird. Don't like it. And hopefully that's not the way they're doing this all the time. Because gosh, that's a lot. Um, Shayna Baszler came out and she's doing her thing. She and Nia regained the tag titles from Asuka and Charlotte in the pre-show. Which was weird. Because I just figured that would be the kind of match that you'd actually put on the show. Um... Tony Storm showed up, and I think it's very odd that Vince hasn't moved her up to the main roster because she seems like everything that Vince wants in his stars. She's blonde, she's uh, big hair blonde, she's pretty, and she can wrestle, so I don't know what the deal is, but hopefully we get to enjoy her a little bit longer in NXT. Jillian Hall comes back, and... She was not one of the comeback returns that I wanted to see. I didn't I didn't think she was really entertaining when she was on the roster back in the Ruthless Aggression uh, era. She was just kind of there. And she was doing her singing stick. But she decided, yeah, I'll team up with Billy Kay. Which became this odd storyline where Billy was the most fascinating person in the Rumble for her way too long. Ruby Riot comes next, and then there's that kind of irony of, hey, Billy's trying to be her partner, and now she's trying to get these guys to all team up and work together. Thought that was kind of smart, and I just found myself way more fascinated 
with Billy Kay than I have in so long. Um, so that was really odd. Victoria comes back, and I felt like, oh man, I wish they were able to still license her old theme song because that was one of the absolute best ones we've seen in the WWE. Um, she looked a little slow. I mean, it's been a while. She's had some injuries, and I didn't feel like, oh man, it was so good to see Victoria wrestle, as opposed to thinking maybe that spot could have gone to anyone else in the NXT roster or SmackDown or Raw. It seems like, and I'm not singling out Victoria, there were several legends who came back that didn't really need to because they, they weren't going to do anything. There's no shot of them winning. And I don't know if if these women like Jillian, Victoria, and others really matter that much to the fan base where they're going to be like, oh, I can't believe they brought so-and-so back. It was weird. She didn't get to do a lot, and she seemed slow. And I just felt like they've been pushing other people in NXT. Maybe Candice LeRae. That's someone who seemed kind of odd for not being in there. Um, and they've got this whole tag team tournament. They've got Mercedes Martinez. I don't know what the deal is with Mia Young anymore. Um, there's just so many people, and I just felt like, eh, I don't know if we need to go back to the well of, hey, remember these stars? As opposed to focusing on people who were going to be there week in and week out. So then when the Billy Kay storyline continues as Liv Morgan comes out and Jillian tries to take her out. And Billy goes, no, you can't take them out. These are my buddies. And then, then she helps or she eliminates Jillian for trying to go after her friends. And then the ingrates, Ruby and Liv, take Billy Kay out. And there goes the most exciting part of the first half of the Rumble. And and then we get Rhea Ripley at number 14. And I'm assuming this is going to be her big showcase, big diesel moment where she's just clearing house and she's going to throw people all over. But it wasn't like that at all. She knocked out Tony Storm. Baisley, Baszler took out Victoria. And then Rhea took out Santana and Garrett. And that was kind of it for a while. And then we got Charlotte at number 15. And then we started seeing a few more people go out. But I was really anticipating Charlotte or Rhea really dominating the field and just eliminating a rack of people. That didn't happen. And so it just felt like the two potentially biggest stars of this Rumble not really doing much. Then we get Peyton coming out and Peyton Royce. She probably should have talked to Charlotte about her ring gear because they look more like tag team partners than anybody else in there. We get Tori Wilson at number 17 and for some odd reason she's going off and just taking out everybody way more than Charlotte or Rhea. Ric Flair comes out at number 18 to bring out Lacey Evans who is wearing Charlotte's robe I'm not keeping up with this angle, but apparently Lacey screwed Charlotte out of the title, the tag titles. And so she, it, it was weird because we've seen Royal Rumbles where people hate each other and they just spend all their time trying to get somebody out. And I guess probably for me, the most prominent one was the Macho Man one where he was going after Jake the Snake and you know, I guess even Bret Hart and, and Stone Cold. We've seen these kind of things where one person hates somebody and they just spend the rest of the rumble going after them. Charlotte made this big show of 
turning everybody and like yo i've got her stay back and she beat her up for a little bit and that was it she never returned back to her she never even like tried to eliminate her it was such an odd thing because based off of what they told us and and all the setup i just assumed that they were going to pair off the entire time instead the more longer running feud during the rumble was Naomi and Bianca. And I was like, please stop. <laughs> Go after anybody else. Don't eliminate yourselves, my ladies. So that was kind of odd. Then we get um, Bianca finally eliminating Bailey at the 30 minute mark. That was cool. Bianca got a big elimination. Mickey James comes out at 19. Um, and Lacey's then doing the Rey Mysterio Roman Reigns deal with taking a nap outside and not really doing anything. Charlotte, like I said, stopped caring. Alicia Fox comes out at 21. And Truth comes out. And he's like, wrong rumble. And that was kind of a joke. I like that. Truth always makes these things funny. And he, he's just really entertaining. So in the fray with the people trying to come and take the 24-7 belt from him, Alicia Fox rolls him up. She's the new champ. And then for some weird, ridiculous reason, she stops focusing on the Royal Rumble, the thing that she was there for, to celebrate. I think everybody else is excited that she won this title. So she gets thrown out, and then Truth pins her and then gets the belt back. And then does, does the whole thing. It was really odd how the biggest moments so far of the Rumble were a bunch of comedy spots. But they worked, and they were entertaining. Now, at this point, Naomi has been in at 37 minutes. Bianca was number three, so she's been in for 35 minutes. It's really cool. We've got two black women holding it down. They're, they've got the endurance thing going, and they're in this rumble for a minute. Carmella's back. She's number 24. And then Ripley has apparently gone on this tear where she's knocked out five people. But it's this really uneventful, quiet style of taking people out. Last year, Shayna Baszler and Bianca knocked out eight women, and it felt like those had so much more meaning, so much more impactful. And it was like, oh, shoot, they're doing some damage out here. But Rhea just felt like she just kind of was happy to knock people out. It wasn't this big, oh, Rhea is really showing off here, and they're doing a really nice job of showcasing her. Not quite the deal. Carmella gets caught this time by Reginald, and Tamina comes in. Tamina, for whatever reason, decides to kick Reginald. Poor dude can't catch a break on this show. Carmella leaps out of his arms, and then she hits the floor, and she's eliminated. That was a clever elimination. Um, kind of played off with some stuff we saw earlier with the Sasha Banks match, and that was cool. And then, once again, for like the one millionth time, the WWE is absolutely trying to make us think that Tamina is a threat. She's somebody who's this powerhouse. I've never cared about Tamina. I think they've wanted her to be a bigger star than she is. But I think Nia Jax is more of that character, despite not being very good. So anyway, um, Bianca's doing her thing. She's still fighting with Naomi, and Charlotte is continuing to ignore her hated rival, Lacey. And one of the best spots of the whole show... Naomi actually uses Bianca's braid to stay in and they decide all right let's cool it, let's cool it, let's cool it and then they get back in the rain that was I, I really like that it was creative and a really original way to to keep Naomi in and keep her streak of entertaining eliminations avoidances 
continuing. And Bianca is also doing the same deal, and she is working the Shawn Michaels program of looking good while almost getting knocked out. There's an art to that where it's not like, ah, come on, you're not getting eliminated. But you create enough doubt, and I think Bianca was doing a really, really good job of that throughout this. So at number 27, it's Alexa Bliss. And everyone is ganging up on her. And it was so weird. It's such a weird visual. Because she's the tiniest star in this entire match by far. And everybody's going after her like she's this super menace. Like she's Yokozuna or something. It was so weird. And Cole's trying to explain that they want to take her out before she transforms. And then the music cues up like she's about to. And then Rhea eliminates her. And I was kind of like, guys, that seemed like it was going to be fun because I'm a very casual main roster viewer and I wanted to see what was going to happen. And I don't know. I wanted to see it and it didn't motivate me to watch Raw to see what else happens on that front. Nia Jax comes out at number 29 and then Shayna, not Charlotte, eliminates Lacey. Was, that whole thing was so weird to me because I just felt like Charlotte should have been the one who was just beating her down cost Lacey the rumble I expected Lacey then to turn around and cost Charlotte her spot but neither of those things happened and it was just she became an afterthought in her feud very weird um Nia knocks out Ember then Shayna and Nia just go through or Nia go through and take out everybody they eliminate Naomi at 47-43 so she had a really long run this year's Royal Rumble congratulations to Naomi then they take out Tamina. And while there's still tons of people still in the Rumble, Naomi, or Naya and Shayna start fighting each other. And then Naya knocks out Shayna. Very weird. Lana does the drop down so she gets her payback and eliminates Naya. So now we've got our 30th entrance, and that is Natalia. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, Charlotte is going to win this thing again they made such a fuss out of there being so few stars who won back to back in more than one rumble and i just it feels like every year they try to set a new benchmark for things that charlotte can do so they can check it off the list and i just had no feeling of course that natalia was going to stick around of course she's the first one out of this deal and so then our final three is Rhea and bianca and charlotte and i'm like she don't even go here so that was that was I love this whole deal because it called back their feud from basically this time last year when Charlotte decided she was gonna take her Royal Rumble slot beat I'm sorry face beat Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's title and that set off a small three-way feud between those three. And that seemed like it was going to have some legs, but then they just had Charlotte just destroy both of them and it stopped being fun. But they actually get some payback, and they both clothesline Charlotte out. So good. I, I was so excited. I didn't care who won. I mean, I was pulling for Bianca. I just was really hoping that Charlotte wasn't going to win. And then we get some really fun action with Bianca and Rhea. They're going back and forth. And then the crazy, unpredictable thing happens, and Bianca clotheslines Rhea out. She's the 2021 Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble winner. Say that 18 times fast. And she sets a new record of 56 minutes and 49 seconds. And then she gets the big tearful interview celebration with Charlie. It's a nice moment. And 
definitely the right choice. Bianca has been somebody from the moment she stepped foot in NXT, seemed destined to be a super, super star for WWE. And that's part of the reason I was so annoyed with the whole Charlotte thing, because it felt like when she came to NXT, she didn't do anything to help Bianca. She didn't take a loss. She didn't lose to anyone in her entire NXT run. She just beat everybody. And it's like, this sucks. Now Bianca has come up to the main roster. She's doing her thing. And now she is really all set up to do her thing now. And I definitely 100% want to see her take on Sasha Banks. Because I think that could be the match of WrestleMania. And either way, the black girl is going to win. So, yeah big fan of this outcome the rumble itself like i said had a few too many old heads showing up that weren't necessary especially with so many people on the nxt roster um katie canzaro there are lots of people that they could have pulled up given them a nice spot and i felt like i don't need to see jillian hall or tori wilson to look around and throw a few bad punches and kicks and get eliminated so anyway my only thing with that but yeah bianca winning definitely the right call can't wait to see her versus sasha banks then we have another segment in the back we have Miz and morrison talking to bad bunny and booker t comes in and basically punks out the money in the bank winner and his sidekick and i feel like john morrison i guess the money is worthwhile but i would so much rather see him back in impact or even in AEW, because I feel like they would use him so much better and put him in a better position to look like the star that he can be given the right circumstances. So disappointing, but not unexpected out of the WWE. 